2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Traditional Christmas passage, right? Um, as we go into 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, I was joking with someone. They said, you're going to preach short today, right? I said, it's only one verse, so it means only about one hour. Um, and so one verse equates to one hour. When I have to preach a passage that's got about 40 verses, just pray for us. Um, today, as I was thinking about an appropriate passage of Scripture for today, especially thinking about how these kids are coming up and they're talking about the different gifts they want to give to Jesus. And there's the, the, the theme of the children from the village, not knowing what, <clears throat> excuse me, gifts to give or feeling like they don't have a gift that they are capable of giving. And so what we see here in second Corinthians chapter number nine, I want to read this verse and then I want to kind of talk through, break it down to its core parts. It's not even a long verse. Okay. You ready? Verse number 15 of chapter number nine. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. If your kids are anything like mine, and if you were anything like me when I was a child, we always like we're drawn to the biggest gifts, right? Um, how many times does the kid, does your kid see the big gift near the tree and say, that's, is that my gift? They want it to be theirs because in their mind, the bigger box, bigger possibilities. And so they, they, their imagination runs wild. They want the big gifts, even if it's not the best gift in the pile. They want the big gifts. As you get older, you begin to realize and begin to understand that big things truly do come in small packages. Uh, many of us, the things that we use the most often are gifts that are quite compact. Uh, we already talked about one of them today. Um, most of us have a cell phone on us or a, a watch or some kind of technological device. Not the biggest box, but something that we see as valuable to, or maybe uh, we see it as being a detriment to our lives. But anyways, another sermon for another time, right? As we get into this passage, this verse really specifically, one of the things that amazes me is the way that Paul, the author of this book, articulates his gratitude to God. Watch the first words that he says in this verse. Thanks be to God. This whole passage, as he's gone through this, he's looking at different things taking place within the Corinthian church, and then he's praising the Corinthian church for their generosity, for the way that they give to the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as he thinks about this, he begins to express gratitude to God. I, I was thinking of this quote by John Maxwell. He's a well-known pastor and author. John Maxwell says, thankfulness leads to thankfulness, which leads to gratitude and expressing gratitude. You know why Paul articulated and said, thanks be to God? Because he was thinking about God. Because his mind was in a place where he was thinking about the work that God had done for him. Which leads me to, as I was looking at and reading and mulling over this verse this week, led me to ask this question of myself, and I'm going to ask it of you this morning. What do you think about? 
What do you think about? What are the things that your mind mulls over time and time and time again? If you're like me and many of us, our mind goes to the, the anxieties, the stressful things, the things that, that just oh, we have a hard time letting go of. But Paul, what do we see in this moment? Paul says, he doesn't say, this isn't a moment of, and he does have plenty of moments of expressing those anxieties. But what does he say here? He says, thanks be to God. Understand, your thoughts steer your life. And Paul here expresses a mindset of gratitude. Thinking about God and expressing gratitude for the gifts of the Corinthian Christians, and even more so for the gifts of God. And watch how he describes this gift. Uh, I love the way that he uh, describes this here. How does he, what does he call this gift? He says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gifts. When have you found yourself at a loss for words? Oftentimes, uh, maybe some of you are introverts and you're like, every day, all day. <laughs> um, Paul, I'm pretty positive based on the way that he writes and speaks, um, was not that guy. He did not have a problem with words. In fact, he wrote in your Bible, he wrote uh, about this much of it, give or take. Um, Paul did not have a problem with words. Paul was very articulate, very educated. He was a communicator, a, a preacher. He spent much of his life teaching and preaching. And so for Paul to find himself at a lock, loss of words was very uncommon. This was very rare. And Paul here, though, what does he say about this gift of God? He says, in this moment, it's inexpressible. I can't articulate it. In fact, in some translations, it says the unspeakable. I'm not even able to form words around it. This gift of grace. Why is it so? Why is this an incredible gift? We're going to look at the gift here in just a minute. But why is it inexpressible? We're about to look at that gift. But this gift becomes more and more inexpressible when we understand who we are. You see, Paul in this moment, Paul knew himself. Paul knew himself. Paul knew his unworthiness. There are times in his writings where he would say, well, look, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Uh, that means this. I am the holiest person you would ever meet. I have it all together. I have my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. I am a holy individual. But internally, as he began to experience and as he matured in his experience of the grace of God, he understood his brokenness. He understood his unworthiness and that the gift of Jesus Christ was not something that he could attain to, not something that he was worthy of. And so what we find is we find this Paul who at one time was a persecutor of Christians. Those who followed Jesus, he came against them. That he is now, instead of fighting against God, fighting with God, alongside God. And so he calls this gift inexpressible because he has no merit by which this gift has been earned. 
So what is he so grateful for? What is it that he feels so grateful for that he says he's incapable of expressing? It's the gift. It's this gift. He says, thanks be to God, the giver. This inexpressible words can't even describe. I can't even articulate. I can't even tell you what's going on inside of me as I say how grateful I am for this. What is the gift? Look at verse number 14. Uh, let's, let's back up to verse number 13. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. What is this gift? It's the surpassing grace of God. The surpassing grace of God. Grace is this really fascinating word. Grace simply means this. We have to define it. It's the the undeserved favor. Unmerited, unearned love of God. And this grace that we see here being expressed in chapter number nine is the same grace that we celebrate at Christmas time. It's this tiny gift of a savior, Jesus Christ. Because uh, John would describe it this way. John was a follower of Jesus for three years while he was on this earth and then for a lifetime afterwards. John the apostle, he writes in chapter one, verse number 14, he's speaking of the word. In verse one, he says, this word was made flesh. I'm sorry, excuse me. In verse number one, he says, this word was in the beginning. It was with God and it was God. He was God. And then in verse 14, he says this interesting thing about the word. He said, the word became flesh. The same word that that is God, was God, will always be God, became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, this same word is who we now know as Jesus Christ. He who has always existed, the creator of the universe. All things are made by him and all things consist through him. He, he came. He became flesh and dwelled among us, lived with his people. And the same verse tells us this. When we speak of the grace of God and the glory of God, we have seen his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so this is the glory of Jesus, the grace and truth of Jesus. Well, the promise doesn't end there. And in fact, the gift, John articulates it so well as he speaks to a man named Nicodemus in chapter three of his gospel. He says, God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? Not even what did he give? Who did he give? His only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal everlasting life. So what is our response to this gift? Well, John chapter three tells us that's to believe. John chapter one, he writes something similar as he says this, to all who received him, this gift of the son of God, to all who received him, he gave the right 
to become the children of God. You see, today as we gather together, Today, as we see this program, why is it so exciting that Jesus would come? Why does it demand our attention? Why does it demand our gifts, our service? Because he came to give himself for us. And so we see that in this little package of an infant, frail, weak, he came. And the Son of God humbled himself coming in the form of a, of a human, a man, taking on flesh, not just so we could celebrate and wish him happy birthday, but so that he could die on a cross. Not because he was sinful, not because he was wicked, not because he had ever done anything wrong, but for my sin and for your sin, he went to the cross And he suffered a death that we deserve to die so that we can live a life that he is able to live and give to us. So today, here's my challenge for you. Maybe you're sitting in this room today and you say, I'm I'm a Christian. Man, you say these things, I, I believe it. I've put my faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. I've accepted that gift. Today, my encouragement for you is this. Take a minute and focus on that gift. When was the last time you sat in awe, speechless, because of the gift of your salvation that God has given to you? When was the last time that you took a moment and said, God, I'm grateful for this. God, I can't articulate it. When was the last time you were just overwhelmed by the good news of Jesus for you? Maybe today you're in the room and you say, that's never happened to me because I've never put my faith in Jesus. Hey, today, I want to invite you to receive him, to believe on him, to accept this gift that has been so freely offered. And so in just a moment, our praise team is going to come. They're going to lead us in this final song of invitation. I'm going to step down front here. And if I can be a help to you. If I can introduce you to Jesus, I would love to have that conversation. I'd love to open up the Bible and show you how you can know that Jesus is your Savior and you can receive this free gift of salvation that's offered by Him. And Christian, take a moment. That gift, that inexpressible gift of God. Dwell in this. Understand this. Marinate in this truth today.